Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1 800 858 858. It's four past 11 here on SENZ Mornings with Ian Smith, Ricardo Ball in for him. And joining us now is uh, not only the host and presenter of the Women's Rugby Show, an English rugby journalist, but also the only uh, rugby journalist I know to have had a song written about him by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It is Sam, by the way. G'day, Sam. How are you? Hi, not bad. Thank you. Uh, I would imagine you've heard that one before. Yeah, I've heard that one a couple of times, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just like your own theme song. You just travel around playing that through a little Bluetooth, wouldn't you? I know, I should I should start doing that, really. Yeah, it's like your intro music. You could be like a wrestler, <laughs> but just wherever you go, you're playing that. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Now, I know you'll be excited this weekend. The quarterfinals of the uh, Women's Rugby World Cup are on, and I guess the, the big story that maybe New Zealand media is, is missing is something that's going to be very much celebrated uh, in the UK, and that is the 138 caps that are going to be brought up by Sarah Hunter in this quarterfinal. What an achievement. Yeah, we. I just came from the Red Roses press conference, actually, and I think Sam Middleton, Red Roses coach, just bigged her up massively. And it's kind of, she is amazing. She's probably one of the legends of English rugby, the most capped rugby player in England, men or women now. And I think the character of her, she was quite humbled by what Simon Middleton has to say. And I think what you see on the pitch is completely different to what you see off the pitch. It's just seeing how humble she is. is just great to see. Now, the uh, the Wallaroos, you would have seen a little bit of them in action. Uh, they are a team that, you know, the Black Ferns uh, have played quite a few times this season. Uh, they've given them a couple of hidings, but they've also been pushed by them. What do you make of that Wallaroos team? And do you think that they can trouble England at all? I do think they can trouble England. I think their backline's quite impressive. I think Bien Tarita who's come in from seven, scored twice on a debut against the Black Ferns, is very, very good. I think she's young, she's talented, and she's definitely going to be one for the future. But also, their forward pack has had a bit of success so far in the tournament. But it's just England need to kind of neutralise that. And obviously, Australia have been um, ravaged by penalties and ill-discipline. I think I think it's about four yellow cards and two red cards or something now. And so many penalties. And it's against the side against like England, where they just kick to touch, drive and mole, try. They can't do that, and I think that's what England need to do. They just need to make sure they come out of the blocks fast and stop Australia coming out of the blocks fast like they did against the Black Ferns. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a real challenge for the Wallaroos. It seems to be discipline seems to be a problem across uh, the Wallabies and the Wallaroos because I remember the uh, the rugby championship this season. Uh, the Wallabies had far more yellow cards and red cards than any other team. So maybe it's an Australian rugby thing, mate. Oh, and it is the convict dial, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just I'm not sure quite what it is with this the Wallaroos. I think it's just kind of silly decisions as well. It's just mm. they um, they haven't played as much as any other team really here in the tournament. They haven't played for a while up until really this year. And I think that might be a little bit of it. They haven't got the kind of test experience like the other sides have. Now, the Welsh played the Black Ferns uh, in the group stages only last week uh, and were well beaten. Uh, the, the draw 
the way the draws worked, it, it feels flawed. I know there's only three groups of 12 and there's only so much you can do, but surely you can put in a rule where you can't play a team in the quarterfinals from your own pool because we, we're seeing it twice with Wales playing the Black Ferns in Canada and the US going head-to-head again. Yeah, I think it's a little bit kind of annoying, but there's, not, there's, there's stuff you can do really, but I think there's, not, there's also not masses you can do, I think. But it's also produced quite good quality games again because mm. both sides are going to know what they can bring each other bring. Canada USA last weekend was brilliant, and I think hopefully the Black Ferns against Wales is going to be a better spectacle and kind of closer than it was a couple of weeks ago in Waitakere. Where do you think the Welsh can improve, and where do you think they can kind of, uh, I guess, stop the Black Ferns from getting front football? I think it's just that the scrum and line out again. That's what they did a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think they kind of bullied the New Zealand pack a little bit. And I think that's probably what they're going to have to do again because the the Black Ferns, Black, Black Ferns back three of Ruby Tui, Portia Woodman and Aisha Letiaga is just probably one of the best in the world, if not the best back three in the world. And I think you kind of can't give them a time on the ball. So it's kind of playing 10-player 10, 10 rugby, um, hit up. And driving malls and scrums, that's going to be Wales's kind of tactic for the day. Yeah, the, I mean, I guess the kicking game is going to be key here as well because if there is one uh, weakness in Ruby Tui's game, it is that she hasn't played a lot of 15, so positionally she may be exposed at times against the better teams. Yeah, I think Yeah, I think that's what Wales should try and do, but I think one of Wales's weaknesses is probably their kicking game, so it's probably something you won't see maybe this weekend, but should the Black Ferns qualify... Then should the black should France qualify? I think it's something you'll see France do a lot, and then potentially England will definitely try and exploit it a lot in yeah. the final potentially. Yeah. All right. Well, so uh, New Zealand versus Wales, seven thirty tomorrow in Whangarei. But uh, before that, there is France versus Italy. Now, um, I know you're not a bookmaker, Sam, but I'm looking at the uh, at the TAB website here. France are paying a dollar three. Italy are paying nine dollars. Considering that the Italians beat France just before this World Cup, uh, there seems to be a bit of value in the Italians. Yeah, I think that is very harsh on Italy. I think France have only lost to them five times. Maybe even maybe even just four, and I think they've all that's all come on Italian soil. They've never won away, never won on neutral venues. So I think that might be a little bit due to it. But Italy are France's bogey side, and I think there's just something about Italy that can disrupt France. France haven't really been on top for most of they've come through. They've challenged England and won their other two games, so they qualify for a quarter final. But there's just something about them that's not quite there. I think in this tournament so far, they've lost Lausanne Sousse, their best player, one of the world's best players had a couple of other niggly injuries. And I think there's just something about them that if Italy can spark and if Italy can play 100% and if France is slightly off their best, then I think Italy will just edge it. Mm, yeah, OK. That's uh, the French, as I said, paying $1.03, Italy $9. Uh, that leaves uh, the quarterfinal that we touched on earlier, but the Canadians taking on the US. Canada ended up winning this game reasonably comfortably, but it was tight for probably, what, 60 minutes? Um, do you see the US giving the Canadians a problem here, or do you think Canada just have too much? Uh, yeah, I do think Canada just have a little bit too much, and I think it's purely down to the quality they have in some areas. Sophie de Gerdy is a world-class number eight. I think she'd probably get an A of the other big three, big three, big four teams in the world. I think they've got quite a solid backline that's not really been interrupted. They've played solidly throughout. They've had continuity, and I think they've just won quite solid. They haven't posed, no issues have been posed to them, really. They haven't had any 
haven't really had any issues going through the tournament. They've lost their scrum half to injury. That's only the slight issue for them. But I just think they have a little bit too much for the USA. I think that's nothing against the USA. I think they've got, they do have a very good team. They all play in the Premier 15s back in England. And I think that's going to stand them in good stead. Maybe not for this tournament, but going forward, having quality be all through the year when they can't be in camp altogether. Whereas the Canadians also haven't been in camp. So I think it's, it's going to be a weird one because neither side have really had much time together this year, apart from when they've played. They haven't been in camps like England have three or four week camp at a time. Canada have because so many teams, so many of their players play abroad. They don't have that time in camp together. So I think it's quite impressive how they've got to this stage. But I do think they're going to have a little bit too much for the USA. Yeah, and the Canadians, uh, if they win this, I think they'll play the winner of England Australia, which is probably going to be England. Yeah. What you've seen from the Canadians, did, did, is that from an English point of view, is that a worry? I mean, is that are they a team that, that worry you or, or is this a game that you think you should win comfortably and the focus is really on the final? I wouldn't say worries me, but if you, obviously if you look back at last year's result, England comprehensively beat Canada and the USA. But obviously they also comprehensively beat the Black Ferns last autumn. But you know how that's not going to be as close as it was last autumn. Both both sides have developed. And I think Canada have developed. And I think anything can kind of happen in a World Cup semi-final. Canada before in the 2014 World Cup final, which England won. But I think it's not about it's not about worrying about them. I think it's there's going to be issues that they will cause England even kind of exploiting them because both both of these teams have probably the best driving malls as England I think scored 12 tries I think something that Canada, Canada can also do themselves they're very forward dominant so I think it's kind of going to be a clash of quite similar styles and if Canada get on top of that style then you never know what can happen Mm. All right, mate. Uh, well, Sam, before we let you go, you, you obviously have been here for a couple of weeks now. You would have had in your head an idea of what this tournament was going to look like, what the opposition was going to look like. What, if anything, has surprised you and what uh, have you made of the change in the way that the Black Ferns have played? Yeah, I think I'm just really impressed with how the Black Ferns have kind of developed from last year because everybody in England, when they arrived last year, expected them to be better than what that was. And I think the producing of quite a lot of youngsters coming through this Blackfern side now has been really impressive. Um, Maya Roos, I can't say her full name properly because I always mess it up, in the second row um, has been one of the standouts for me. I think she's been very good in all all the games she's played. Um, I think it's just kind of shining faces and new faces into the rugby world on the biggest stage of showing. I think if you looked at Fiji, nobody expected them to do anything at this tournament, but they've come come away from it with a win. So many of their players are now in the limelight of being stars of the women's rugby game and I think that's just what's been really nice to see loads of new faces rising up to the top Yeah, it has been good to see those new faces do you think uh, the way that the Black Ferns have changed uh, how they play the game how they approach the game from what they did in November last year uh, do you think that gives uh, give, makes it more of a challenge for the English or do you think if these two teams do meet in the final it'll still be reasonably dominant for England I don't think it'll be dominant for England at all I think one of the reasons being that Eden Park crowds is going to be massively on England's backs are going to be all for New Zealand. I think it's going to be quite a cauldron of an atmosphere that England won't play. Neither team will have played in before, but England definitely won't have had that many people against them apart from being in France. Where they have been successful away in France, but I think the Eden Park atmosphere is going to be very different. But also, I do think New Zealand has developed so much in the past year. I think Wayne Smith has got obviously got so much part to. to play in that but it's just the way they've ch- changed their style obviously bringing in Ruby Tui a couple of the other sevens girls playing regularly it's kind of make the brand a little bit more exciting a little bit of chaos rugby the way um, 
a couple of coaches described them playing. I think that will cause England issues. Um, Fiji did it very well against them, just playing kind of Jouet rugby, just throw out the back, um, offload, passing out wide. And I think that's what New Zealand can do really well with likes of Ruby Tui, Portia Woodman, Theresa Fitzpatrick, etc. And I think that's what will cause England issues should they meet in a final. Mm. All right, mate. Um, now we have those four games. Uh, predictions from you, France, Italy. I think, I do think France will just about edge it because I think they can't not be on that. They haven't been at 100% yet this tournament. I think if they are anywhere near 100%, they'll win that one. Uh, New Zealand, Wales. As much as I would quite like Wales to win that one as a, UK resident, I think New Zealand will um, quite comfortably win that one. Yeah, England, Australia, much the same? Yeah, I think I'd, I'd like it to be quite competitive. I think it probably will be for about a good 30 minutes and then England will probably just run away with it a little bit. And then finally, Canada, the USA. Yeah, and I'm going, to, I'm going for the four favourites. I think it's quite it's, annoyingly, it's quite an obvious choice I think this week. I think I just can't see the USA they were close last week for again a good 20 minutes like England Australia will be I think it will be the same again and then just the team with a higher quality will probably just about edge out with the fitness more experience and slightly better quality players good stuff Sam I really appreciate your time mate enjoy uh, your weekend enjoy those quarterfinals and uh, hopefully we can catch up before the final eh yeah, no worries speak to you soon when making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese tomato and aioli so, we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.